Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. I'm Byzantia Harlow, a visual artist and the creator and host of The Silver Stream. Series two focuses on live performance, creating space for visual artists to air audio works. I'm joined by Jodie DeShooter and Dan Allison. Dan has worked in the art world for over 20 years and co-curates the Whitechapel Gallery Presents series. He currently makes music as part of Bag with Jodie and also has his own project, GOM. Jodie was born in Canada. She now lives and works in London. Her work spans spoken word, painting, sculpture, printmaking and tattoo. Thanks so much for joining me today, Dan and Jodie. Hello. Hiya, thank you so much for having us. You're welcome. Um, The episode is going to touch today on the blurred boundaries of friendship, relationship and collaboration. The artist is collaborator, friend, lover, facilitator. Um, all of these roles, but also just above all, kind of the artist taking back control and building alternative realities through their works. We'll be playing tracks from Bag and Gone within the episode today, but I thought it would be nice to read a section of Daryl Worthington's piece in The Quietus about Bag's debut album, Mapping Azure, as the description is a great introduction to the work. I'll quote, How do you describe a colour to someone who's never seen it? How do you map a cloudless sky? These are the sorts of questions of communication bag, the duo of Brit Dan Allison and Canadian Jodie DeShooter seem to engage with on debut tape Mapping Azure. The combination of electronics, field recordings and poetry are simultaneously vivid and vague. Clusters of words are read, often without obvious connection. But this isn't a completely random language soup constellations start to form so that even if sense doesn't fully appear its echo does the accompanying soundscape has a similar effect shifting from almost inaudible pulses to pristine arpeggios and lurking beats it occasionally seems at odds with the poems but maybe the distance is where the real meaning lies. Welcome, Jody and Dan. Um, perhaps we could begin by discussing your collaborative process. You said to me when we spoke on the phone that you see the whole kind of project as a collaboration, basically born out of the two of you guys getting together. Uh, yeah, that that's correct. Uh, basically, when 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 we met, um, so I hadn't been sort of creative for some time. Um, I was in a band uh, about 13 years prior, but it sort of ended and I was just, I was, I was happy enough sort of uh, engaging in, in my career in the art world, my job. Um, and, but we met and then uh, Jodie shared some poetry, which she sort of hadn't shared up to that point really. Um, and then I knew that I had a dusty old synthesizer in the next room 
and that was the spark literally yeah, that moment and, and myself coming from a visual art arts background um thinking about writing words um performance and anything musical just uh, seemed uh sort of untouchable to me and actually the 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 meeting of of the two forces together actually was the was the spark of making these things together so i put some words um to dan's dusty old synth and hence our first our first uh track uh, was born and so it it is a little bit um born out of these these insecurities um but we both um are really respectful of those things and i think that made it um possible to to bring these things out into the into the world which was uh really something that wasn't able we weren't able to do without the collaboration yeah so you're basically kind of meeting each other halfway Precisely, yeah, and and um, and encouraging each other, but also, um, yeah, respecting each other's ideas. So we're able to say, you know, I have this this crazy, ridiculous idea, and I think it sounds really silly, but let's um, let's go for it and try and work it out. Yeah, and I think on, from the personal sort of relationship perspective as well, I think where we both were in our lives, it was very important that it had to be like exactly right for us to embark on this relationship. Um, and yeah, as a as a result of of going through that sort of uh, sort of decision making process, if you will, um, that sort of impacted on everything else. And just by proxy, like the creative process also has ended up being exactly right. Nice. There's a quote from Charles Eames about his wife and collaborator Ray. Whatever I can do, she can do better. She is equally responsible with me for everything that goes on here, which is very nice. <laughs> Would you agree with that? Yeah, I love that quote. Yeah, that, that's totally great. I do, I do feel like everything, especially with, with Bag and all the, all the uh, musical stuff we do, we we both equally have have input on everything i don't and literally it wouldn't have even existed without you know without the two of us coming together i mean we both have very different ways of working they really complement each other and we we have sort of our um our diverse sections that we take up like dan is sort of responsible for um for the music and the creation and where they sort of overlap um that that's interesting too but then i'm i'm I will take care of the words and we both trust each other to do those parts um, and then bring them together. Um, we also work very differently. I think I'm, um, a, I don't know, how would you put it, a little more um, adamant on, on creating things all the time and, um, you know, uh, and, and Dan's very laid back and I think that they they work together really well yeah. somehow. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 also it's really important if you I mean, if you understand someone in all these different realms and then you bring it together in a in an artistic sense. I mean, you have a fuller understanding of how of how you work together and how you um, create ideas and, and execute them and, and all these different things. Um, so it's handy. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, th- I think I've sp- I've spent most of my career sort of um, supporting one way or another, supporting uh, creative processes and artists working in galleries so um i guess that's that's a profession and so to to work with another artist um it, that's i've got an understanding of how to do that and stand back and let the platform uh, be taken by someone else <laughs> and dan's very good at being a being a facilitator and bringing ideas together where maybe i i, I spew ideas out um in a nonsensical fashion and he's very good at and bringing it all together. (laughs) This track is Probability of Process by Bag. 
heavy draped arms, the weight of barren mountains, valley whispers below folds of fabric, pattern sediment of flaking sentence, sighs of barreling a flightless bird. I've taken plot lines with the landscapes not seen. Feather gull tucks narratives between pillars of skin bumps breathing. Heavy. Inhale sediment sighs sift through reason. Sandy sorrow so deafening, cementing in golden mountains. So there's a quote by American writer Harlan J. Ellison, who was known for his prolific and influential work in the new wave speculative fiction scene. Um, And he speaks of collaboration as a process of creation akin to childbirth. Uh, The quote is, the reward of a successful collaboration is a thing that cannot be produced by either of two parties working alone. It is akin to benefits of sex with a partner as opposed to masturbation. The latter is fun, but you show me anyone who's gotten a baby from playing with him or herself, and I'll show you an ugly baby with just a whole bunch of knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess we had we had a whole bunch of knuckles before, and now we have a, a baby. I don't know. Do you have children, actually, or is this your like baby, your project? The, yeah, the project. It's, it's, it's we, definitely we, our project. baby at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> nice. maybe one day (laughs) maybe one day you could have like you know a third band member then yeah exactly exactly well we 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 joke that uh if when we have children and they become they get get, uh they join the band and they'll be the baguettes bag and the baguettes bag and the baguettes We come together um, with a, a, a really a, a big desire to um, to build worlds um, together, and that's sort of where where we meet. Um, myself personally, um, I've recently been attempting is the key word to read um, uh, and understand a little bit about quantum physics. So at the moment, I'm reading a book by Leonard Susskind called uh, "The Cosmic Landscape," um, and it's it's sort of talking about string theory and the illusion of intelligent design. So there's, um, there's, there's this great excerpt of Leonard Susskind in In Conversation um, addressing this apparent uh, symmetry. Um, so maybe we could hear that now. The fact of the matter is the universe is what it is. It is neither beautiful nor not beautiful. It is we who impose beauty or not beauty on it. The universe is very ungainly. I have okay. called it a Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah. 
full of parameters. There is nothing particularly elegant and simple about it. There are elegant and simple parts, pieces, but the whole thing is, I would call, a monstrosity. Well, that's why that drives people to look for something simpler. That says, therefore, there yes, must be yes, something yes, beneath yes, it. Yes, but that... keep in mind that that is something within the human being and not necessarily within nature. Right. Now, as far as symmetry goes, uh, if symmetry is meant in the way that physicists do mean symmetry, and it has a very technical definition, it is now understood by most physicists who study the combination of quantum mechanics and gravity, that there are no symmetries. All symmetries of nature are approximate and therefore accidental. Uh, so to call the world elegant because it's so symmetric is, um, to my mind, imposing our own values, our own human values, on a physical universe that doesn't give a damn what we call uh, beautiful. <laughs> This sort of feeds feeds into this um, because you know as I'm as I'm reading this this book and I don't claim to understand any of the technical things by by any means but um, you know that that's it's sort of the point and in those moments my own worldview is is expanded into something that is um, sort of almost ununderstandable and unknown and sort of beyond my my own reach and I think this is it's a really good illustration of um, you know how these inherited and learned ways of seeing um, sort of, I mean, they, it's, it's all a big paradox because you have to, uh, on one instance, unlearn them, unravel them in order to get at these big things. Um, but at the same time, you have to, I mean, you have to name things and you have to um, construct things in order to, to try and understand them yourself. So I guess this, this sort of comes through in, in my writing. And the next track is called Ode to Slug by Bag. This is the way slug slimes, through mud bogs breaking mindfulness, slow slug slog goo, over bed bugs rolling, in muggy afternoon slug, shrugs, it's never off, never slipped down slopped, he feels the ground leg underneath, Lugging belly demons who pom pom cheer your pitfalls. Slug glides through space on a star trail, traces along an indeterminable canvas. Entrails connect form and color, instinct, experience. He is a slippery shadow, a germ. His groping goop stains untie my noodle soup daydreams. Ugh, I wish I knew him. This is an ode to Slug. This is the way Slug climbs, deliberately and with resolve. On earthly pawn shops, pogs groan through growing pains. On lungs and loans, Slug still goes, moron. Slug climbs from one ear to the other with news of joy, but it feels more like a shout, looks upside down. Those ogle eyes are gouged, a full moon harvest, 
plum spots turn bubbling tubs of drooped waste. This is the way slug works. The eyes are taken, connected with the rest. Slug soup mending mindfulness. Stir it around so every side touches every other side. It's tiring and thankless, so he dons his slime coat and stays low to the ground. He can't make anyone smile. While we still stoop to tulip stubs, hug, 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 hug. It is remote in the starry, soupy void. It's a slow gloom. This is the slug utopia. All toboggan forts and lolly carriages, where the grog from wide eyes is given life. Groomed into existence, we will gab at, garble with, and lunge through its realism. Once one-sided, he will sew fresh rugs from these tongues. He will overlap oculars, making the seeing soup and understand. Save a slug. This is an ode to slug. I guess like uh, Daryl Worthington's quote sort of said it, it seems, you know, it seems nonsensical at times and it seems like a soup, but there is some sort of echo of sense. Um, and it's trying to, to construct this world, um, which I think we, we, we build together um, out of, um, yeah, it's like trying to address the unknown. Yeah. And, and I do it via words and then, and then Dan sort of comes in and, yeah, my, my my approach really is that I'm I'm more of a sort of fanboy geek um, nerd, and w- w- when it comes to music, like I'm I I am into the movement, sort of how that came around politically or emotionally or whatever it is that formed it, but where it happened, the location, who was in the band, where it was recorded, what equipment they used, and so like I have I have more of this like sort of geeky uh sort of drive that gets get, that's sort of references because references within art are always important and it's important to understand them and know where it came from so that that's sort of my approach around the sound really <laughs> so, so yeah with it within that nerdiness and that uh, geek driven desire to sort of uh, make things or just uh constantly read into them watch them and one of the things that I found really interesting and expansive was uh, sort of realising about alternative lifestyles, alternative culture, and, you know, seeing that films could be made a, a different way than just a Hollywood sort of like, there's an action scene, there's loss, and then this happens, and then the hero triumphs. And one of the big examples of that was sort of when I first saw um, Kenneth Anger films, and uh, Lucifer Rising is a good example, and just the the fact that the structure was different, the subject matter was different. It it was focusing on these uh, new things, new influences, or what became influences to me. Um, so yeah, I've got an excerpt of uh, the sound from Lucifer Rising that's quite emotive, and uh, yeah, the listen, some listeners will know it, some some won't, but uh, it's worth exploring more into. It's an amazing film, I love it. (laughs) Yeah, let's listen to that now. Something about what you were saying and then the kind of Susskind um, 
extract made me think of something I was reading recently in The Wisdom of Insecurity by Alan Watts. Language and thought grapple with the conflict and the magic which can summon a man by naming him, which can be applied to the universe. Its powers are named, personalised and invoked in mythology and religion. Natural processes are made intelligible because all regular processes, such as the rotation of the stars and the seasons, can be fitted into words as ascribed to the activity of the god or gods. The eternal world. At a later time, science employs the same process, studying every kind of regularity in the universe, naming, classifying, and making use of them in ways more miraculous. But because it is the use and nature of words and thoughts to be fixed, definite, isolated, it is extremely hard to describe the most important characteristic of life, its movement and fluidity. And this is what I think is quite interesting about quantum physics, because one of my best friends is a quantum physicist. Um, and she did a past radio episode with me, Libby Heaney. Um, she's also an artist. And we often will talk about like at kind of odds with each other but agreeing with it and she'll be like oh my god you're talking about quantum physics and I'll be like no I'm talking about spirituality but the thing is quantum physics is this thing which is you know all these hypotheses are um, just ideas that, that are then proven or disproven and in quantum physics it's the most kind of free-flowing of all the sciences where it is this kind of grappling with literally dark matter which no one can quantify so it's this very beautiful poetic open thing and like the quote you just read, um, there is there is a lot of discussion about boundary drawing and also undoing these these um, sort of the ways that you know something or the ways that you know the foundations of something. And I think those those link very very nicely with quantum physics and art um, and talking about um, you know the the illusion of something being being beautiful and how we impose that on the world so it's it's just, it's another way of seeing the world um quantum physics as is spirituality as is religion as is um you know all, all these different ways of constructing meaning or constructing stories out of the the sort of stimuli that's around us um so it, i i think using all those those different lenses um to feed into to um to art and to world building is is really enriching um yeah so i guess um so actually off the back of the um the excerpt that you just read as well sort of uh, thinking about subjectivity um and again linking it back to to world building um there's this really great excerpt um from flannery o'connor's wise blood on page 90 um i've been sort of just finished this novel and i was really struck um by by the world building that she employs and i just love the way that she uses description um and pushes the narrative forward uh via this description of this new world um which which seems to be she's created as a stage for for investigating um th this sort of worldview namely in the novel it is religion um but anyways the um yeah the excerpt uh, sort of goes like this the only other piece of furniture in the room was a washstand. This was built in three parts and stood on bird legs six inches high. The legs had clawed feet that were each one gripped around a small cannonball. The lowest part was a tabernacle-like cabinet, which was meant to contain a slop jar. 
Enoch didn't own a slop jar, but he had a certain reverence for the purpose of things, and since he didn't have the right thing to put in it, he left it empty. Directly over this place for the treasure, there was a gray marble slab, and coming up from behind it was a wooden trellis work of hearts, scrolls, and flowers, extending into a hunched eagle wing on either side, and containing in the middle, just at the level of Enoch's face when he stood in front of it, a small oval mirror. The wooden frame continued again over the mirror and ended in a crowned, horned headpiece, showing that the artist had not lost faith in his work. This track is Skin of the World by Bag. We are gathered here again. We have been gathered here again, gathered in massive bins, gin tubs, tree bark twins, twittering softly to the wind. And next you'll hear The Molecular Weight of Water by Bag. I took the images with me, packed them up in a case, and sat by the shore. I listened. Water as noise as silence. I wore the images, took them off. I resized them, tailored and trimmed them. I spread them out over the valley and watched them fill every quiet cranny. They didn't fit. Body, mountain, waves of flesh, wings, haze. My roots are heavy, primordial now. I needed to re-sew them, so... Frogs as time tanks, fish as silicon boatmen, bones as water thread, body as horizon, horizon as body, time as tree fingers, water as time machine. But when expectation shifts its gaze, it faces the peril of non-truths and falls into the rhythm of a certain non-history. Time stands still. Much like Alice's rabbit hole, much like Eve's forbidden fruit, we enter, we eat, or we ignore. A curiosity of what comes next, an openness to what came before. The now is dissolving fast underfoot, droplet by droplet. I don my primordial gown to hunt the now, to chase the rabbit and catch something I have yet to understand. I ran to the shore, seaweed green. Let droplets form and reform, cried the mountain, guiding the water bodies. How do you measure it all? I didn't know. All I knew was how the breeze smelled of salt and how my hands were pillowed secrets I could cup around it all. Never holding it in, but only touching each tiny molecule for a moment. I knew the shoreline like Dad's hairline shifted and swayed. It collected our intentions and swept them away. I knew that wavering watery lines connected all I could see. The cockroach boats, fishes freed, ugly swans, particularly me. I knew the layers, 
silt, salt, and silicon, all settled among the layers of my body, too. I will keep these images and use them to listen. As long as there is silence, there is noise. I will keep running fast until I find the space I take up, or some other useful notion. So I can ask why time doesn't stand still anymore. So what else are you guys working on at the moment? You have your own individual practices, but I know you also work on collaborations together with other people. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's correct. We have a, um, a couple really exciting things in the works. Um, we're at the moment starting a collaboration with uh, another sound artist, Charlie Behrens, which is really exciting. Um we also are, well, we're hoping to release um, an EP with him as well. Um, and Dan, he has a, um, a solo offshoot of Bag called GOM, as you mentioned before. And his debut album just released on the 26th of March. Um, and it, it, it has a whole bunch of collaborations in it. Yeah, <laughs> like um, I, I, I always enjoy collaborating. And that, I think that's going back to... Um, thinking of being more of a facilitator than an artist that's how I feel um but yeah on that one uh, I collaborated with someone who I work with a guy called Sam Williams who uh, goes by the moniker of uh, Holst um and he makes dance music and um, what was interesting so he has mixed and mastered the album and we collaborate on a track as well but what was interesting there is I, I read an article from In the Quietus about the band Sun or Sunno, however you pronounce it, and how what they do is more experiential and it's more akin to uh, rave music or a rave experience. And so although it's synth music that I make predominantly, um, I thought it would be interesting to get a, someone who's a dance producer um, to, to work on it, to bring out that sort of experiential element so um so yeah that that's been the the gum collaboration and then and you also have an old time an, an, an old friend um from your old band in there as well which is yeah we hadn't we uh, we were in a band 13 years ago and then we, we went different directions but then he popped over and we just plugged some instruments in and started recording and did a one tape improvised piece and it made the, it made the album it's the second track on there so 13 years of uh, sort of not seeing each other and, and then all of a sudden you just picked up exactly where it was, that collaboration and delivery mm. and sort of understanding as well because I didn't, I didn't have to edit any of it. <laughs> and so Jody, you, you stay away from GOM, Jody. You're like, that's, that's Dan's thing. I'm not going to... You, you haven't got involved jo- Jody's actually, Jody is actually on the GOM <laughs> album as well. <laughs> <laughs> but just, just not as much. Yeah. Just just one piece. So, yeah, we... Two, actually. Oh, two, two pieces. One, one with your words and one where you play a, a homemade instrument. That's right. I've made a horn oh. out of PVC piping and play it on there. So so we can't, oh. can't really get away entirely from the collaborations with each other. This next one is GOM. And the track is Soft Tissue Part 1. (laughs) 
Another thing that um, that we've been working on recently, which has been really exciting, um, is we produce a radio show on Camp Radio. Um, it's called the Black Hole Bungalow, so it sort of ties in all these ideas of world mm. world building um, together. And we bring a whole bunch of different artists in um, and play tracks that you know that that sort of inform our our world. It's like a a sort of imagined bungalow, right? Is that right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's sort of like you're you're entering into this into this otherworldly. <laughs> yeah, and in in that way, the um, you know, it yeah, it goes back to the quantum physics, black holes, <laughs> and then for, but from my perspective, the geek perspective as well, like um. I, I sort of like the idea of it being like, you know, the movie The Warriors where there's like a radio station and that sort of narrates the story at different points <laughs> and the journey of, of the characters. And like, so it's sort of that crossed with a David Lynch film. Mm-hmm. So again, I go for the direct references and Jodie brings in this other sort of physics based sort of uh, interest. Nebulous. Yeah. <laughs> like parallel universe type business like haunted place that is a link to another place like a weird wormhole or something i'm feeling from that yes exactly 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 yeah it's a good way to describe it for sure that's cool and you've had i saw that you've got you had lima doing something is that right she was on the last episode Ah, um because that's probably how we've ended up uh, making a connection because i think you may have been at the same gig as me or the I don't, I don't yes. know if you were or not, but I saw uh, it at uh, Richard Soltoon Gallery. No, I saw it at Zarina Rosshart's house, which was the first one that Lima did in London. She's like one of the organisers of Art Night. And um, okay. Lima did her first gig at Zarina's house, which I was at. And there was this whole weird synchronistic thing to do with tarot cards that happened. So I met Lima then. Then Zarina did a radio episode with me where we played one of Lima's tracks and then when I did a radio episode about lockdown called A Voyage, Lima did like a special musical interlude for my radio episode. And I'd like to ask her to come on again and do like a whole episode with me because she's amazing. But yeah, we definitely made a connection through Lima on Instagram yeah. somehow, which was nice. It's cool. She's and really rightly great. so. She's she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole home thing and like playing music in the house, like with with like lockdown then happening is just kind of quite pertinent i don't know Um, yeah that's there's a strange uh, synchronicity to that yeah yeah yeah, for sure i definitely think it's very important for like artists to have agency over their practice and also to see maybe a gap for something that they wish was there and actively create a change that they might want within the art world it sounds like dan as you would refer to yourself as a facilitator i'm sure like i feel like that's kind of what you do and it's like also forming a kind of peer group you know and support system um and it's a very good way of readdressing power dynamics but also just like creating something interesting and a lot of the opportunities I've had have evolved through that kind of self-organizing uh creating reciprocal relationships with you know other artists or curators whatever um I think it sounds like you guys are very much kind of doing that kind of thing um which is really exciting i think that's really important like for artists to create their own platform because um yeah. i mean working in the art world in in its different incarnations from auction houses to commercial galleries and to charity galleries um yeah. th- th- there's there's a sort of network there and different parts of it uh, uh, facilitate different parts of the systems it's different cogs um 
Mm. And th- there's this value attributed to art. And, it, you know, if it's a Gerhard Richter, who's great, but it's $40 million. And, like, um, it, I think it's really important for artists to sort of wrestle some of this back. And it's also a really interesting time to, to do so as well. I guess it's af- after lockdown and it feels like a really good time to really grab, grab that by, by the horns and, and create your own platforms, like you said, make your own radio show, create mm. your own um, events, um, yeah. put, put the, the artists on around you um, who influence you. And sort of rep- represent your own <laughs> culture, your own movements, your own people um, and yeah. sort of try, yeah, try and give that a platform in- instead of following <laughs> obviously socially there's so much going on black lives matter that's the me too movement and there's there is so much that that's happening um and more people are going to get platforms who haven't had it before and that that's really exciting to me and it and you know it's long overdue it's interesting to explore what the platforms are with with all of this in mind are you guys going to do any like actual gigs or events once we are allowed to do that again we're sort of dying to get back to playing um i mean we last september we were meant to we had a west coast tour of america and canada booked and we we were going to all the cool places like the first gig was going to be in joshua tree in the desert which is an amazing place with crazy energies um and then we were going to la and so we might we we would like to pick up that discussion again we're also hoping to create some of our own performances with like we've been in conversation with sensory leakage which is the um the label that just produced or that just released gom um and maybe collaborating with some other artists and doing a a performance whether that be on instagram live to start out um and then hopefully in the real physical world um soon (laughs) um we're probably running out of time but where can people find out um more about your projects and what you have coming up so we we have instagram for bag it's bag sound project um a gom is gom music um g-o-m-m-m-u-s i see um and then and you can find lots of things so via um my own personal website which is jody deshooter.com um there is there are links to all um, of our instagram profiles the next track is called foot down by gom Thanks so much for joining me today, Jody and Dan. It was really fun to speak to you. Thank you so much for having us on. It's lovely to chat. Yeah, really, really enjoyed that. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.